You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll take a glass together and we will lift it to This is Equity One, Broadway's happy hour. Pour yourself a drink and join us as we chat about life, theater, and and everything in between. I'm Elliot Maddox. And I'm Caleb Dickey. Join us for your Equity One. Yes, welcome to this week's episode of Equity One. We are here continuing our haunting from Beetlejuice this month of October. We are sitting here with our super swings. We have a we have a full table today. It's very exciting. I think this is the biggest, most crowded yes. episode we've had. This is the biggest episode we've Besides ever had, episode. and it's very exciting. We are sitting here with Will Blum, Brooke Engen, Natalie Charles Ellis, and Sean Montgomery. Hi! 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 Thank oh. you so much. Oh my God, these dulcet tones. <laughs> Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Thanks everyone. Thanks for having us. So because it's a supersized episode, we're going to get like right into it. We start every interview by asking our guests what first got them interested in the arts as a young person. So we'll go around the table, starting with Will. What, was, what got young Will into the arts? It would have been uh, the Nutcracker. It would have been, the, I think, a tour from Memphis. I'm from Nashville, and, uh-huh. uh, like Memphis Ballet, and came, and I jumped up on the stage afterwards and tried <gasps> to start dancing. So okay. that was it. Yeah, started taking <laughs> ballet at three. That was my like real introductions to the arts. I didn't know about musical. I thought musicals were just uh, the Rodgers and Hammerstein movies and Les Mis that toured the country. Sure. I had no idea about anything just else. Oh my just God. Les Mis just and Rodgers and Where were those ushers? <laughs> it was the end. To be fair, it was the end, and we were very close. They had like little, you know, side steps that go up on the stage. Fair enough, fair enough. Nobody's like going to stop like a three-year-old boy. the confetti? Was there uh, snow? Exactly. Yeah. I think, I the really best. admired the Sugar Plum Fairy. That's what I remember the most. Sure. Yeah. I heard She's that about you. Well, tutu, you I'm know, it's so, so funny. <laughs> Brooke, what about you? Um, my parents put me in dance when I was really young, um, just because my sister and I were super hyper. Um, but yeah, for me too, it was like when Nutcrackers would come to town and my grandmother would always have us watch like Music Man, Sound of Music. She would only let us watch what she had recorded um, (laughs) on TV. Um, So that was like the real turning point especially when she showed us Funny Girl. When I saw that, I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. Like this is Bye Bye Ballet. Musical musical theater. (laughs) Yeah. What about Natalie? Um, So my mom always wanted to be a performer when she was younger Mm -hmm. and they didn't have the money to have the lessons so my mom the first thing she made sure I did was I was in a tap ballet combo class at age three. Uh, uh Of course. We love a combo uh, class. (laughs) You have to do both at the same time? No. Like you do a little bit you have your little ballet outfit and then you put your Mary Jane tops on you know. Uh, and then I liked it, and so my mom put me in a little group called Sunshine Generation, <laughs> and um, I just kept liking it. My mom put me in everything that she could find, like on the like any little pamphlet that she found, she enrolled me. And then my dad bought us tickets for Christmas to see Phantom of the Opera in Phoenix, Arizona. So we drove two and a half hours to go see Phantom of the Opera, and I sat in Gamage Auditorium, and I, when that chandelier dropped, I was like, yes. 
<laughs> and the whole the whole time I was like, I know this is what I want to do. But we watched movie musicals, Calamity Jane, and it was like a moment for me. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I just specific. Yeah, oh, Calamity! I've I could, never seen it. Oh, I Doris Day. Come on, I can quote the entire movie. Um, <laughs> so no, that's, I just always knew this is what I want to do. Tell me more about um, Sunshine Generation. Oh, uh, I just want to tell you the outfits were really what was Was special. it just like a performing troupe? Like, what was oh, it? Oh, you know the little kids that are like picking at their wedgies and with the curly hair and big bows. It was all yellow and orange and frou-frou tutus. And I, my first solo was How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? Yep. And that's when I knew I was going to be a star. Yes, <laughs> just really a standout. And I did awkward step touches off beat. It's one of the you best just, family videos you really didn't know you needed to know how much that talk was I, I know how much I still don't know I guess we'll never know life is hard it really is it really is Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> how about you Sean um you know uh, my mom was a, a second grade teacher before she retired and she always would put on plays with her students um her little second graders I don't know how she got them to do the quality of production they did at at, at uh, second grade um, but you know, my dad would help build the sets and I would be around and it would just be in like the cafeteria, you know, there's that little stage. Um, and I'd hop up and I'd grab that microphone, that metal microphone, the corded uh-huh, one that, you know, yeah. they like, plug into the, the floor of the stage. Um, and I was like telling <laughs> jokes and like doing basically like stand up and my parents were like, what the heck is this? You know? So they put me in acting classes, improv classes, and I started dance, um, at a young age too. And there was actually a dance studio in my neighborhood. Um, you know, I started there when I was a kid, you, you know, doing me and my teddy bear tap dance, you know what I mean? Where they're saying the thing now step to the right, you know, over the, over the monitor during the recital. Um, but because that was in my neighborhood, there were a lot of kids who, um, danced in my neighborhood. So other kids in town who were also the kids in the quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes on a podcast, but, uh, uh the, it's an audio medium, the, yes. uh, <laughs> professional theaters in town, you know, there were a lot of kids in the shows and, um, and we would start writing scripts together. And so that turned into me literally building a stage in my backyard with my dad. And so I had like a little like theater company there, um, <laughs> uh, backyard players and uh, very original. But yeah, we used to, we used to put on um, plays and they were kind of mimicked off of um, a theater that I worked at. And yeah, I'm from Tucson, I'm from Arizona as well. Same, uh, from, same as Natalie. But um, there was a theater, there is a theater there called Gaslight and it's the only melodrama theater left in the country. So the boo, hiss, yeah, you know, yeah, uh-huh. act one, act two, Olio, you know, the whole thing. Um, shows with two titles, this or da 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we'd write plays kind of based on that and we built like a little mini Gaslight in my backyard. So yeah, it just, you know, started from a young age and then continued on. Fun fact, I don't know if you know this, but when we interviewed Matt DiCarlo, he also had a backyard theater no company. No way. Jersey, of course yeah. it is. Called the like Something Street Players. <gasps> way so more original than the you backyard, all, backyard hey. players. Very, very, I was very and, on the nose. And he said he like want, he wrote James Lapine to to ask for the one-act version of Into the Woods so that he could put it on. And <laughs> James Lapine sent him a signed copy. No way. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Talk to Maddie about it, but I gotta talk to him tonight about yeah, that. That's you guys awesome. Are, you That's guys are fellow. Awesome. Uh, we'll share pictures. Directors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do we all start and dance though? Yeah, that's mean? interesting. That yeah. Is interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of simultaneous to like yeah. little like kid improv classes and stuff like yeah. that. There's like you know, yeah. We're, we're not finishing and we're at dance all though. All really good <laughs> dancers. And now we're <laughs> triple threat. Yeah, <laughs> Brooke is the only one. Yeah, Brooke is. <laughs> <laughs> about. We're gonna leave that to Brooke. It's okay. She's currently in an arabesque. But you're also, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. For those of you who can't see it, it's <laughs> stunning. That is interesting that that everyone kind of started in dance. I mean, I think. For me personally, I always like sang and did church musicals, but the first mm. time I realized kind of like that it was a thing was when I started dance classes. Mm. That was kind of like the first exposure I had to anything kind of serious, not recreationally, just singing at church or whatever. Yeah. Mm. And I know you have a similar experience. I started with too. dance as well, so and then it's well, I started with acting and outdoor drama and then went into dance. Yes, the, the blue jacket. Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. Dan- so what dance was is the, the gateway drug? Dance is the really gateway drug. <laughs> what was the moment where you guys switched from just recreation to being like, oh, mom, dad, this might be what I want to do for life and going that route? You know, lucky for me, um, 
uh, there never had to be a turning point within my family as to like what, like you know, like I never had to like uh, convince them that you know, oh, this is something worth pursuing. So luckily, I always kind of had that, and I just kept going. My parents were very um, adamant that I do many other things simultaneously: mm-hmm. um, baseball, even astronomy camp, uh, oh, horseback okay. riding. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. ran, and I didn't do those like continuously. Like it was just like one summer or one semester, whatever. Uh, yeah. They just made sure, like, okay, just you know, we know you love this, but you know, let's let's get you some other exposure. And it, this just always was the 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 um, constant mm-hmm. um so it just never really was a question for me i don't remember a certain aha moment where i'm like going both speed ahead it just kept going and i just never stopped um but i, I would say like a real pivotal moment though was in my senior year i was deciding you know i was going to stay and go to the university of arizona and not that it's a, a, a it's a fantastic program as well but a friend of mine said you know you might want to expand your horizons and just see what else is out there and so that's when i auditioned for i only auditioned for two schools i auditioned for um oklahoma city university and yes then, where we went oh yeah, yeah. I, I got I, well we would have i would i might have been at school there <laughs> but i i so i got into oklahoma city and then um ccm which was in cincinnati but those were the two that i that i auditioned for and then just you know based on showcase opportunity and stuff i decided to go to Cincinnati and it was just a big big risk for me because I we you know I grew up very little money so it was it was a it was yeah. a big it was it was on me you know my parents were like we totally support you we cannot financially support you right. so mm-hmm. this is on you and I was like great let's do it. let's go let's do this thing so that was like the pivotal moment like when I decided that I was going to professionally pursue this but in terms of like I knew I was going to be involved in the arts uh, for my life that was never like a question yeah <laughs> Now. Oh, we're going. Yeah. We're going. Or, 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 or whoever. If the spirit moves here, yeah. <laughs> just a round table, like you know. There was really never a question. Like I, it was just kind of. It was there was nothing I was ever interested in other than mm-hmm. this. In my senior year in high school, I decided to with my friend Nick Cartel. We booked plane tickets to come here. I'd never been to the city. So Nick was like, um, we're going to go to see Broadway shows. And we did Straw Hat auditions. Yes. They still exist. They are terrifying. You have a minute, 30 seconds to do <gasps> two short songs and a monologue. And then you have to do a dance combination if you're asked to do it. I fell on my face. And then I did a Lucille Ball moment. And I got a bunch of callbacks. Work. And, um, but... I also didn't come from any money, so we didn't even have money to do applications or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just kind of, it, and I didn't have, I, the idea of going to school anymore was just, I couldn't do it. I went to charter school, so I've been doing performing arts schools from 7th to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to go to school. I auditioned for ASU. I didn't get into the musical theater program, and so that's why I did Strat Hat auditions. And I randomly booked a cruise ship, American Hawaii Cruise Line, which no longer exists, because it went bankrupt <laughs> while I was on the ship. Okay. Um, <laughs> literally, they dropped us off in Maui. <gasps> After 9-11, we got dropped off. Oh, my god! That's a whole separate story. Um, <laughs> so I, I booked this cruise ship, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. It started in the fall, and I didn't go to college. I started doing cruise lines, and then I came back, and I got my equity card when that went bankrupt. <laughs> and I just kept doing it. But wow. I know you said it's another story, but um, uh, this is a podcast for stories, so I want to hear more about that. <laughs> I um, so I, so I did the cruise line. I'm 18, so like I'm a, it, I'm a mess. You're an adult. I've We're all never of been away from We're my parents, yeah. and my mom was very, um, Mama Rose mixed with uh-huh. next to normal. Um, so uh, I hope she's not listening to this. If we you love, are, I love you, mom. We love a strong female lead. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna put it that way. She's a very strong lead in my life. Um, so I uh, wait. What was I saying? Um, about shit. the you were eighteen. You were on the cruise ship. So I was on the cruise ship, and there were like reviews and like big ballads and big songs. I'd never done anything like that, and it was fun. And wait, I had to write a one woman show for the cabaret, and I'd never never done anything like that. And it was it was going really well. I didn't save any money because it was four hundred dollars a week, and I'd run bingo and teach hula classes because uh-huh. who I don't know. And um, then all of a sudden, 9-11 happened while I was on the ship, uh-huh. and um, slowly, no one wanted to travel. 
And we, every port we would go and more metal detectors were out and guys with guns and it was just really terrifying. And then slowly the locals on the ship started taking things off at port (laughs) during the weeks. And we're sitting there, we're like, this doesn't look normal. (laughs) Like they're all like emptying their rooms and suitcases in Oahu, especially because a lot of them are local Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. It was all about Hawaiian culture. It was a really cool ship. I learned a lot about Hawaii. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it was like two weeks later, I was like, I feel like we should be packing. And they're like, tomorrow we won't be docking because we can't afford port fees anymore. So for the Whoa. next three days, we're just going to sail around the islands and then we're dropping you off in Maui. Oh my God. I was like, 18. I'm like, what? So we had to pack up our shit real quick. And we were dropped off in Maui. I didn't even have a credit card. I had to call my dad and be like, hey, dad, I can't even buy a, a plane ticket home. They didn't get you back to the They to did the not. Mainland. Nope. And because we were independent contractors, we didn't even get the $200 stipend that everyone else on the ship got because oh we didn't God. work for American White Cruise Lines. We worked for, I won't mention. So um, this company decided not to give us any money so i'm 18 i maybe have 300 dollars like in cash and oh. my dad had to spend 860 dollars on a one-way ticket for me to get home but it took two days luckily there was a girl in my company who um really liked to date boys so um she she knew a couple was, of she knew a co- <laughs> <laughs> so she knew um a, like a navy intern like an engineer intern mm-hmm. and he got a free hotel so we all there were like 15 of us in his hotel room. And then um and then I got I got home. Wow. Oh my god. Yeah, it was a very good lesson of growing up. And I got a credit card immediately, and I learned how to save Build money that right credit. away. Yeah. Yeah. That credit, honey. It only takes one experience where you're like, <gasps> shit, I have no money. Yep. To where you're like, okay, stranded. now's the time for me to have money. Yeah. <laughs> like, Literally stranded. Stranded. I would in have Hawaii. to swim. I mean, there's worse places. Worse to be. places. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie, that sounds exactly like college. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Yeah, yeah. same You're thing. You're fine. Yeah. Same thing. Especially it really is. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Brooke, what island um, were you stranded on? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard to follow up that story. All right. <laughs> now every, I'm going to sound way. so basic. Uh-huh. Um. No, I don't think I had like one of those, you know, light bulb moments when I was like, oh, this is exactly what I want to do. But I will credit my parents with everything for when from the time I was really young, they would bring us to either New York or L.A. in the summers. And we would do like dance intensives Mm -hmm. and like kids commercial classes Uh and baton, like just random classes. that again, we'd heard about like in our community or through our dance studio, yada, yada, come to town, see a bunch of shows. And I think like having that be somewhat of a constant in my life made me start to think, okay, this isn't as scary as I thought it would be. Um, I do think if I just came right out here, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is so different from, you know, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Ah, what's happening? Um, so I think that was like a really good like feeder program to like understand what I was really getting into. Um, yeah, that's... Now, when you say when you say we for our listeners, oh, you're talking about yes. someone else. I'm so talking about, tell them about that. I have a twin sister, Tiffany, who is also in the business, which is super exciting. Like, it's always great to have someone that knows exactly what you're going through. And obviously, we've been at the same phases at different points mm-hmm. in our career. Um, we would typically go in for the same roles when we were first starting out, being like little and blonde and, and looking exactly looking the same. exactly like. And then over time, we've kind of carved our own lanes, which yeah. has been like super exciting, and it just makes it so much more clear. I think for like, I would think on the other side of the table, for us, it never really mattered. We were like, I hope one of us gets it. That <laughs> <laughs> then we can pay our rent. Right. Yes. Um, but uh, it's just nice that we have a little bit of like you know, separation now. I love, you know, swinging and covering a bunch of mm-hmm. tracks. That's, that's my jam. Yes. Did you all, did you and Tiffany, did you move right to New York or did you go to college, same we, college, separate colleges? Yeah, we had moved to New York. Um, Tiff had done like AMDA. I had done a school um, in, in New York. And then I, we were also auditioning at the same time. Okay. And so then I got one of my first jobs in New York and just kind of went full speed ahead. Yeah. 
Have you guys ever parent trapped a situation? Like, <laughs> I, I, I can't make that call back. Can you go? No. <laughs> no, I wish. That would be like, so fun sometimes. But no, and, and like even growing up, we like changed classes once, and that's only because the teachers were like, switch classes and see if we can tell. <laughs> so we did. Um, Could they tell? No, the teachers <gasps> couldn't, but the kids could. Oh, right, You know. But yeah, no, that'd be. Maybe one day we will. What if Maybe. she just walked into Beetlejuice one day and was I like, mean, like, all right, surprise, hi, guys. Do you guys have one defining like characteristic that you're like, uh, oh, you know what I mean? Like that people would be like, oh, definitely. I mean, we both have these birthmarks on our face, so but hers is slightly lower, so it was always Tiffany T. That's how people would tell us apart. But you gotta get close. To you all look different, like especially totally different. especially spending so much time with you, like yeah. like a year now. Mm-hmm. Like when Tiffany comes in the building, I'm like. Oh yeah, they they are identical, but like look completely different to yeah. me. Yeah, and Energy we all too. spend so much yeah. time together. Yes. You know what I mean? The more like, and I I'm sure her she's currently doing Rock of Ages. I'm sure they would say the exact same thing. The more time you spend with people, yeah, you're like, yes, they are similar, but. You guys have you such know different, different energies. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was saying. Such yeah. yeah, people have such a hard time telling me and Sean apart sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, spend more time with us. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. Will, what about you? Um, I think mine was, I, I must have been maybe seven or so. My aunt gave me, this will date me, gave me the double cassette of mm. Phantom of the Opera. Mm. And I said, what is this? And she said, it's a Phantom of the Opera. It's a musical. And I said, where? She said, on Broadway. And I said, what's Broadway? And that was the moment, you know, and she Mm -hmm. explained to me sort of what it was. And I just, that's when my mind sort of expanded. And eventually, maybe a year later, when I was eight, yeah, we came to New York and saw Phantom of the Opera, Front Row, The Chandelier. Mm -hmm. I blew blew my mind. Secret Garden. And Miss Saigon. All original cast. Like, it was like, it would have been 1991, 92? I can't. High drama. Yeah. High drama. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I was obsessed. I, my mom tried to cover my eyes during yeah. like the stripper part of Miss Again. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, she, no, I really Don't worry, mom. <laughs> but, um, but no, that was it. I came home in, in my second grade class. I, I made them do Phantom of the Opera. I made them do it. Like eventually my second grade yeah, teacher yeah. gave me the last 15 minutes after lunch to do theater with the kids and we That's did so cool. an abridged version of Phantom, an abridged version of Flame Is, an the Cutting Edge. Anyone remember that phys- figure skating movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Anyone out there? And then we did almost a full version of West Side Story with with oh, the nice. full class. It, it was, what did you it cut? Was Why wasn't it full? <laughs> well, because it was just. It, it was literally we put on the record, literally the re- you know, and yeah. and oh did it. So it was just the the musical numbers. Sure. I don't okay, think there yeah. were any book scenes. I don't think I had. I, I probably scene. couldn't get them to read yeah. that well. The Bernstein, <laughs> estate, like, the Bernstein estate thanks you. Yeah. <laughs> but that was it. I just knew. I mean, it was in the same in the same way that everybody's talking. Like, it was just like once I knew that that was a place and that's uh, the Broadway was a place where people did these things, that was just it. I was like, oh, well, that's that's why I've been dancing. That's why I've been trying to get to a place where I can sing and dance and act at the same time. So... All of a sudden, uh, to a little kid, the fact that that Disney castle exists somewhere mm-hmm. and that I might be able to enter it one day, that was it. I was done. Whether, you know, my parents weren't, not that they weren't supportive, but they would much rather I excel at science and math or do anything. You know, there were a lot of things. I got cast in like the professional Sound of Music in Nashville and they wouldn't let me do it because they it t- there were too many. Um, 10 a.m. performances where I would miss school and all these things. So they really were making sure that no matter what, <laughs> yeah. I had an education to fall back on. It didn't really work. I was, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, yeah. by high school, I was skipping class just to paint the set for the oh, high school play. Totally. You know what I mean? I, I didn't understand <laughs> Did the point of learning chemistry when I knew I wasn't going to be using it. But that, but do chemistry. Do, yeah. do your homework. Do, if you're a kid. <laughs> well, it I is think, important. I think that's relatable. I mean, I... When you say that, I totally relate to like the skipping class to like hang out in the drama room yeah. or like whatever, and you know, teachers letting you leave early to go to a rehearsal somewhere, mm-hmm. and like, I think that's an important thing in in education now that you know is so like test oriented that mm-hmm. people that people out there that do educate see that these kids have like different needs. Yeah, because it was transformative for me, as I'm sure it was the same for you. Yeah, well, and it's for me, it was about finding um, a community where I 
was accepted and, and appreciated for the gifts that I had. And so I, it really, once I did find that, you know, it, in my community theater near uh, my hometown at the Roxy, you know, I mean, they, uh, that was my home all of a sudden. That was, I, I was a very much a part of everything there. So going back to, to school and trying to do these things or learn aspects of it, that, that I knew I wouldn't apply in theater. I was just like, get me out of here. Get me, let mm-hmm. me do so. I wish I'd gone to a performing art. I would have done, I think, a lot better mm-hmm. at a performing arts school or something like that than uh, just regular public school. God bless it, but. Yes, God bless it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't all have those opportunities. No, so. sure. Yeah. Well, let's um let's move to the the task at hand, right? We're all we're all in Beetlejuice right mm-hmm. now. What? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, I want to talk about kind of the the varying um, jobs that you all do at the theater. So we'll start with Brooke. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brooke, you act as a ghost. <laughs> Literal ghost with the most. <laughs> yeah. Brooke acts as our um, female swing and dance captain. So will you tell our listeners what that means okay. for you. Okay. Um, so as a dance captain, there's obviously a dance captain for every show, typically selected by the choreography team. Um, and my job is to basically uphold the intellectual property of that choreography for the show as it was said. What does that mean? Wow. That's, that's, I know, I was like, oh, oh, I'm sweating. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, bullet point. I know, we're in trouble. This like, is legal. You secretly, know. this is a note session. Like. <laughs> I was like, I'll be on four, I'll be on four. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like the clinical sure, term of it. Sure. Um, but what that job entails literally is keeping the show tight, people on their numbers, doing the choreography as it was initially intended, putting in replacements, putting in understudies, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also a swing. I cover all the females in the show as well as the men um, and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a specialty track called Girl Scout. And so, yeah, I any night I could be on for literally anything. Is there yep. technically anything you don't cover? I mean, besides principles? Besides Girl Scout? No. I mean, to be and like to be honest, like dance captains and swings are quite often like always internal swings. Like if yeah. anything goes awry and if you have way too many people down, the person that's going to know that in the building that could m- possibly even go on just so you have yeah. like a show for that night is going to be the swing. I'd love to see your oath though. Yeah. I mean, I've been working on it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I, would. I really would though. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, it's a super fulfilling, super satisfying, super hard job, mm-hmm. but I like really, really love it. I love being able to be a bunch of people. I also think it's good physically. You're very balanced out, in my opinion. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm doing things fully stage right, kicking left, dips, turns. Like it just for me, I kind of like that it's different mm-hmm. um, every night. Would you? You're a rock star. Are you really? Would Amazing. you walk us through? like an, a hypothetical Thursday. So walk us through a Thursday for you. Okay. Where potentially something might happen during act two. Okay. So. Just just to give the audience an idea of what your what one of your days might look like. Okay. Um, well, yeah, some days like today, I'll get a phone call at 10 in the morning saying, hey, you're going on for such and such a role. Um, do you need anything before going on? Let us know what the lift call is. Because we do have a lot of lifts in our show mm-hmm. for you listeners that may not know. Um, we do a lift call at half hour and we also do a lift call at the top of two because it's important to do the lifts in the environment in which they happen and half of our show is raked and the other half is not. Mm-hmm. So um, so on a Thursday, say I roll into the building, I always actually do do a slight vocal warm-up and a physical warm-up because you really never know when you can be on and you'd hate to be like, oh God, I, didn't, I haven't even moved my body today. Mm-hmm. Um, come in, say the show starts. It's... The act one is pretty light, I would say, physically yes. for the ensemble. Um, and say, for example, we'll play hypotheticals. Wink, <laughs> wink. Uh-huh. Hypothetical things that have never happened. <laughs> somebody, somebody hurts themselves um, in zombie cheerleaders, in being dead too. They let stage management know, they let me know, and we say, okay, with what's left of the act, what do you think is possible? I think I can finish act one. There's no way I can do act two. Okay, say it's a female, it'd be, I would go in for that track. I'd start prepping, I'd get into the show as fast as possible. So at the top of two, we'd do a lift call, and I'd be in that track for the rest of the show. If it's a male, we typically would have Eric Anthony Johnson, our male swing, 
Um, if he was already on, then I'm in. So it's it's very much like a, a chess game of like who's already on or what do we save somebody for? We deal with that a lot when we have our vacation swings in the building mm-hmm. of, okay, if these vacation swings are here and they know this track, this track, this track, let's put them on in those positions if that's available because myself and Eric have been here since day one and we are just a, we just have a history of being better equipped mm-hmm. for handling something that really isn't a vacation swings job to cover. Mm-hmm. And so we would go on and things like that. And then there's also the fun track of split tracking when there's way too many people out mm-hmm. and you have to decide what's actually important for storytelling, what's important for like the picture of it all, the aesthetic, does it look does it still look good or is there going to be a spotlight on a blank? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so it's trying to like dodge those things and mm-hmm. how you can possibly do two things at once. But yeah, so you kind of work things out preemptively, but you can never really be fully prepared because it's never most of the things you prep for is not the thing that actually happens. Sure. <laughs> but it's the act of prepping that gets you kind of more in the game. It sounds daunting, but you know the show from beginning, so it's kind of like you like you know it so well that it's like easy almost right yeah and but i will say it takes like it takes a journey to get there like that is what i remember when we were in dc thinking okay if so and so was out and this person was out could i go this and this and like trying to figure out in the very beginning is was very daunting mm-hmm. yeah. like you're just because mm-hmm. the show is still developing always in previews like when things were changing you're kind of like God, I hope I'm not on tonight because this like sure. literally just got set two hours ago and I have just a mini footage of it and mm-hmm. I did a little staging chart, but ugh, here's open. Um, so it definitely takes a while to feel like, okay, I've got this. I know the puzzle. Yeah. But now she got that puzzle. She got it. <laughs> <laughs> she got it. So that's a, that's a look into what you do. Now... Will, Natalie, and Sean, you do kind of a different swing job. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, we're all kind of the same more than, yeah. I mean, we're definitely, we're definitely the, uh, you know, counterparts of each other, Natalie and I, and, and Will. I mean, I'd say the three of us sit in the same kind of pot sure. in terms yeah. of mm-hmm. what, what our, um, what the show needs us for. Yeah. So you are, you are swings. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. But you cover more the the principal roles and the ensemble features. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it almost feels like I would call myself an offstage understudy. Offstage understudy. Like, mm. uh, but who knows? Actually, who knows? If a bunch of people go down, who who knows? Well, that's, yeah, yeah. And that, that's, that's, that's the We ind- haven't had to deal with that yet. Luckily, but we do yeah. have the term swing, so... <laughs> right. So they can throw us on pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which is terrifying. Well, that's the, I'm more of I'm more of a standby. More of a technically. standby. Well, I mean, right and, now, and, I mean, uh, if worse come, if, I mean, if if somehow Sean and Abe were both out of the building, then and either uh, uh, David or Adam Danheiser. They would all have to be out in order for me to be either um, Adam or Otho. Those are the, technically right. the only other yeah. parts that I cover, but I've never been, I've never even trained. For, it's been made yeah. very clear that I'm there to... Your to, main job yeah, is to... To just be there to cover Brighton. To cover Beetlejuice, yeah, Beetlejuice. yes. Yeah, which, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a I mean, really... It's much easier. Yeah, it's much easier. Easier. Yeah. I mean, and it, but it's enough of a task in itself. Sure. It, you know what I mean? It's a lot, it's been... It's, it was great. It, they went through two rounds of understudy rehearsal to train uh, two different tracks for everybody, and I did Beetlejuice both times, and I was really thankful to, to have both sets of rehearsals for mm-hmm. it to really get it into my body, because it is just a lot. It's more than anything, it's a lot of technical elements, a lot of puppets, a lot of fire, a lot of, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Well, it's a show that, it's, it's a really an all-hands-on-deck kind yeah. of show. When mm-hmm. one, I mean, every cog is incredibly important. Not that they, they aren't in every show, no, most, but, but in this show, uh, there are a lot of roles. You know what I mean? So if someone is bumped up into a role, that leaves a big hole in the ensemble because mm-hmm. there are so many mm-hmm. little things that, can, that will snowball. So this is a really unique thing, I think, that a lot of shows don't do to have this it's crop of people yeah. off stage uh, to cover um, you know these leading roles so it's it's cool that they notice that about their production and and put that in place because I think it keeps things running pretty smoothly over yeah. at Beetlejuice it's mm-hmm. one of the most you know smoothly well, operated and I will say that's the most intimidating thing about being an understudy is because the sh- I've always pictured the show and I came into the show I wasn't a part of it in DC but mm-hmm. I came in for the first rehearsals and 
in New York, and even then, everybody just knew it so well, and there, it, there were so many little tiny moving parts, and I noticed in a lot of Alex Timber shows where it's just like, there's so many little tiny details that make up this big picture that if you just mess up one of those details, it's a domino. Like, it really, or that's how it felt to me, that if I didn't follow through on one of these moments, or this one moment of magic, or something like that, that it would ruin the illusion for the next five minutes, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it really, um, I think, he, and, and I will say, I think that this is an incredible group of understudies. Like the, everybody now has gone on for the parts that they cover, except for you haven't gone on for Charles yet. That's the one, last one, yeah. 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 But I'm just, I, every he's, time- He's it, the last one standing. He yeah. hasn't missed a show He hasn't yet. missed one Not show. one show. Mm-hmm. But every time an understudy goes on, I'm just insanely impressed by the skills that they bring. Not only that they're doing what needs to be done for the production of the night, but that they brought their own hilarious version of that character mm-hmm. to the stage. And it, it I think- it's just a wonderful group to be. A, I'm very proud to be a part of the group and, and, and to say, oh, an understudy's on. I can't wait for you to see this person. Mm-hmm. You know, and say, oh, an understudy's on. That's too bad. You know, it's like, no, yeah. you're getting a special treat. Today. And also, also, what's cool about this specific production because this isn't my first time covering. Mm-hmm. We have had our our stage manager Maddie and Brooke and everybody. Like, it's we were given the permission to make the roles our mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. We like they have very they have made sure that we know the marks, we know where to stand, like we know what we need to do to be to fill the show and to not change anything. But if we make a random choice or we do anything, Alex Timbers has been very involved to be like, go with it and like direct us in our own way. So mm-hmm. when we do go on it, we don't have to mimic yeah. the people we cover. We just have to be like just stay in the spots and for safety reasons and to not ruin anyone else's show because mm-hmm. that's kind of our job to like make sure that the rest of the people that do the show that like hundreds of times and I've only never rehearsed with us which is terrifying but like <laughs> they like we don't ruin their show but we get to enhance our performance with our own choices. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of this comes down from the top. I mean, Timbers has just been like so incredible with all of us and and allowing us to to create as well as fill the shoes of these roles. Um but yeah, it's been it's been an incredible experience. But you know, the interesting thing I think is is this is my first time being off stage, mm. uh, and I've covered a, a million times a, a bunch of different roles. But you're in the show every night, so you get to feel what it feels like to be under mm. the lights and on, <laughs> on that stage. And oh, this is where that section of the deck is, you know, and and, yeah. and what this feels like and what the audience response feels like. But for all of us, like it, it, it was wild to to the first time being in the show be leading the show like that feels like a a, a really out-of-body experience you're like whoa oh it's on me we're good okay okay we're doing this thing like okay you know i haven't been up here with you okay we're going okay go here we go so that was a totally different experience than stepping up from a position that you're in every night as opposed to just from the from the wings to the stage and there's no there's no kind of put in that would ever make you be Comfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the, when it. I went on for the first time, the first 15 minutes, my body acknowledged as trauma. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not even like, I just Seriously. don't remember it. Yeah. I don't remember it. I was pouring sweat. Like, it was just, it was terrifying. It, it just because there are so many elements that you just can't include in a rehearsal. And there's something, too, about the, 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 uh, the train not being able to stop. Yes. That, that's, di- that's a different <laughs> mm-hmm. pressure that can only be replicated in that exact scenario, you're like, yeah. this is going, this cannot stop. Yeah. That is not the yeah. same at a put-in. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Even though, even though it, it, we try to get as close to conditions as possible. Right. Yeah. It's pressure's on. Very yeah. bizarre. Because <laughs> I just went on for Leslie for the first time this uh-huh. past week, and like I've never even spoken to Adam Danheiser on stage. <laughs> like I've never even spoken to him. And then I sent, I was like, oh, I'm playing with my friend. Like I like, and I'm sitting yeah. on stage, and like I, I could not have rehearsed this more, known it more. But still, you go on stage, and you're like, oh, this is fun, and you're like. Wow, there's 1,350 people sitting in the audience out there, and they're like, "Wait, what am I wearing? Oh no, it feels like something's weird. Wait, what's my next line?" Yeah. And then you just sit, and you're like, "Wow, my feet hurt. I've never been on a regular stage like this, really, in this thing." And you sit, and it's just, it's just this weird experience. Like you forget. It feels like play practice, and then you're like, "Wait, this is, couldn't be higher stakes. It's Broadway." <laughs> and, and so like, it's just, and then you just feel your your adrenaline. Like I've never been more tired. Oh, never been sure. more tired. Just it's bizarre. Ap- just after you go on or just in general well like it's like sensory overload Mm. because i've never been off stage either and you almost lose this you don't have that same stamina of doing it eight times a week in general Mm -hmm. and then you you have just played last time you went on you were somebody else and you've never done it with these people so it but it's someone you know Mm -hmm. and it's just yeah i get off stage and it's just your brain's tired it's not even your body it's just your brain's tired 
and it's just yeah I've never experienced it before I've done and I've covered a lot as well the interesting thing I think too is that no one in the building has seen your skill set unless you've done a show (laughs) with them before it's like oh I wonder I wonder if he's any good (laughs) you know what I mean well not not any of that but what's interesting is you know most of the the majority of the company remained intact from DC so we had already gotten to like you know be with the show for a little while, be with each other for a little while, go out of town, which is like summer camp. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's like the, the bonding level goes way up and then, and get to know each other's skill sets. And then, so when we were so excited to welcome you all, but it, it kind of came and then it was like during rehearsals. So we barely got to meet and it was like, so it was really exciting to finally, like I wasn't in the first put in, I actually got to like watch a little bit mm. and it was really cool to just like see everyone do their thing it was just I was just like oh my god I, I know these people are amazing but like it's so cool to just see them do the show and well, I was glad yeah. to get to watch that was fun and I didn't go on for eight months wow. I like Brightman did not call out until what two weeks ago mm-hmm. and that was that and even that was scheduled um but I really had a sense of of that where like I was just a super fan of the show who was hanging out backstage, basically. You know what I mean? Like, I knew all the words and just sat there. Um, so, but it, was, it, it did start to feel like I wasn't earning my keeper. I haven't showed these people, you know, what I can even do, that I deserve to be here, you know. It, and I did start to, to sort of pull back in a lot of ways just because I'm like, I don't really feel, I know I'm a part of this company, but I haven't done my job yet. Like, that's the main thing. Mm. It just was, it was hard to, 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 to feel like a part of the company when I hadn't stepped on that stage in a co- in any costume, sure. you know what I mean? Um, but now it's it's really fun. Can I say one more thing about Timbers? Please. Because he, he's on, and also because I, I have understudied many times before, and I've never, almost never have had uh, the opportunity to work with the director of the show. And he came to our understudy rehearsal, he came to, other, you know, he came to two of the shows that I was on and gave me note, like he is just so supportive and so loving. And the main thing too that I love about him is that he doesn't, he doesn't want you to ask for permission. And comedy specifically, I think, ha- can't exist under a bullseye. I've worked with a lot in, in a lot of different places where the comedy had to be exact in a certain way mm-hmm. and fit in a certain box, and I and it just died because of that. And so the fact that Timber says no, you have to play with it, keep it open. There are no rules, and and I feel like Leslie Kritzer's the the leader of that kind of company. You know what I mean? Because yes. but she always, no matter what, it will just turn something in a new way and make us see. You know, and and it keeps everybody on their toes and it mm-hmm. keeps the the comedy alive. But that's why I would say that the comedy is is even better and more full and more rich than it was when we opened mm-hmm. now because only because of his advice when it comes to that. So yeah. thank you, Alex Timbers. Well, and that's also let everybody like when going on, everybody plays with you. Yeah. Like if you make yes. a different choice, you can see they're like, Oh, I see that ball that you just <laughs> passed to me and I'm going to toss this back. Yeah. And so it, it's very fun. And that's why I kept getting distracted because I'm like, I'm playing with my friends because <laughs> they were, they were going off of my choices. Yeah. And so Timbers totally set that vibe and Maddie and understudy rehearsals. Like it's just a, very free, yeah. fun, creative environment. Style yeah. trickles down in the best way. Totally, with this company. and yeah. it's the and I was actually gonna say that exact same thing. It's just like when in the show at night when it's the full onstage company, it feels that way. It feels like there's always little things that are that are being played with, or there's little things that are different. Like that's the norm. It never feels like it's super like cut dry. This is our eight show a week. Mm-hmm. So when when a cover is on, it feels the same in that sense of like, oh, this is just some some kind of like new fun thing, and it doesn't feel like not like buttholes don't clench, you know. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's very yeah. like speak it, for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We're clenched. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Just so slowly, just get those pants. <laughs> One last question before we move to like. Like some fun segments. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> no, if yeah, this wasn't What are what are some of the? I want to hear everyone talk about like what's maybe the biggest challenge of being a swing, being someone off stage. What do you find is the hardest thing, and then maybe what's the most rewarding? Just a kind of yin yang. I'll go first. No, I was going to say Brooke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always say that the hardest, I'll say the hardest days to be a swing are when all the special stuff happens. 
opening nights, Tonys, mm-hmm. parades, what have you, like special television appearances in general. Like those days are just a little like, um, or like even I remember, you know, when y'all came out for the first time in your fur, in your mourner looks in DC and it was like a costume mm. parade and we were like, <gasps> and pictures and everything, everyone's going nuts. And you know, you're just sitting in the audience and you're like, oh. I don't even know if I have a mourner costume yet. <laughs> mm. But, um, so those days are a little rough. But I will say, I do find it so fulfilling, like going on for a bunch of different roles, getting to use like literally every crayon in your mm-hmm. in your Crayola crayon box, like truly. And you never know what it's going to be each day. It's totally different. I always joke in our room, like I love consistency. I love having some type of semblance of control in my life. <laughs> I don't like that actually in showbiz mm-hmm. like this is the thrill seeker moment in me is like going to the theater every night and being like i don't know what i'm gonna go on for and i'm gonna put my body through fight or flight <laughs> but like in entertainment i love that in yeah. life i value consistency sure like, super chill yeah um, but yeah so for me it's the yin and my yang I love that. Let I just had it. this image of you as this chaotic person, which is like, I just can't. Just like, yeah. As I see you, I faces. Yeah, as I'm in a turtleneck. <laughs> Will, what about you? This is stupid, but I think it's the same thing, which is uh, the uh, expectation of the audience um, of an understudy, and specifically for playing. Beetlejuice in Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same, but it's the same thing. I was an understudy. I was um, an understudy in Mormon for a while, and then I was Alex's uh, alternate for uh, School of Rock. So I've had mm-hmm. to deal with that being not the guy um, for a long time, and it is a real. I now really enjoy the game of the audience is disappointed that it's me, and how long does it take? for me to win them over. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's a really fun game, honestly, because <laughs> in, in a non-bragging way, I always win. There's never been a time sure. when, when I, at the end, they're like, oh, that was, that, that was so <laughs> bad, it was that guy. Um, and it really is, and with something like this, like with Beetlejuice, the content is so good. So good. That of the four shows I've done, I win them over within the first couple moments that I'm on stage, which is, so rewarding and so incredible mm-hmm. to know that, um, to really know that I, I've done my work and that yeah. I've done, and that the creators have done their work. And there are certain things that I know that when I put on the costume, when I put on the makeup, when I put on the wig, I am Beetlejuice and this is what I'm selling. And, and I even asked, um, you know, uh, Eddie about that line about like, um, I do this bullshit like eight times a week. I was like, well, they're seeing an under- understudy. Should I like change that? Uh-huh. You know, can we do this? Sure. And he was like, no, it's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice does the show eight times a week. It's yeah. not Alex. And I was like, very good. Very good. I love that. You know? And that was it. Exactly. So, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of rewarding things, uh, that come from being an understudy that in a way that, um, that I, I think when you're playing the part, you, you get praised a lot at the very beginning and then mm-hmm. it just dwindles away, and then it's everybody's eight show a week. And so there is something really fun about when I do get to go on. It's exciting. Everybody's excited. You know, everybody in the company is is uh, excited for something new to happen on stage that day. So, um, kind of, it's kind of the worst and the the best aspect of it is uh, is is just being somebody that has to win over everybody in the room, um, and being able to win over everybody is there's nothing better than that yeah. for me. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> Natalie, All Sean. eyes were on me. Um, so I Just guess it's eyes. my turn. Uh, no, there's a... It feels really good to be able to... The show, if someone can't be there, the show couldn't go on. Mm. So you get to go on, and the show gets to go on. Mm-hmm. So there's a feeling of saving the day, even though we're paid to do it. So it's literally <laughs> our job to do the, to save the day. But there's a feeling of like you, you're doing good for the company, you're doing good for the show. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's that. But then there's also the feeling of not knowing who you're going to be that night. Sometimes that's very stressful. Like you, especially when you're not in the show, 
So you're like, so I don't know what type of voice I should be warming up because if I go on for Carrie, it's totally different mm-hmm. than if it's for Leslie. And if I go on for Jill, like she's all character voices, so it's a different form of warming sure. up. So like when I got the call about Leslie and I had done a put-in and I was ready, but I was walking around the grocery store in, in Hoboken, like shopping, <laughs> and it was 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, wanna, I don't want to be anywhere, but I need to get out of here. <laughs> so that feeling is stressful. I hate that. Uh-huh. But now that I've gone on for it, I think that that will will change. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the feeling I've never been an offstage cover before. It's that it's that constantly not knowing what's going to happen and listening to the show. And yeah, I'm playing Mario Kart on my phone <gasps> and I'm reading. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, of course. You gotta give me your number. I gotta, oh, okay. are we gonna be friends? Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so or reading my book or finding alto lines with Brooke in the dressing room. We have really great alto lines, Eddie. We have, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, but it's a, and it's that moment of like when you hear someone cough or you hear that Leslie's shoe fell off and she could have hurt her ankle. You're like, shit, do I need to put pain curls right. in? What the fuck's going to happen? So it's that I don't like. But then it's fine. It's just it's just constant anxiety. So it's like maybe I need to go on some Zoloft. I don't know. I don't know. They're a sponsor, so <laughs> they're the sponsor of Broadway. <laughs> New York City. Let's be honest. Sean, the hardest you? part about being an offstage cover. Um, Probably beating Will in Monopoly Deal. Um, <laughs> Never going to happen. I still need to play. I still need to play. <laughs> um, no, I'd say, uh, honestly, uh, Broadway audiences love to watch The Impossible. So shows are like upping the game every year with like uh, new tricks, new things. You know, so all of the all of the roles I've covered um, have kind of always had some sort of special element to them be it Bert and tap dancing upside down on a ceiling be it Miss Trunchbull and dancing with a ribbon and a fat mm-hmm. suit and not getting tied up in it and throwing it you know Mr. Wormwood magic you know wigs and, and, and hair change colors and things that can go wrong you know and even in Beetlejuice you know falling through a floor magic mouth plates mm-hmm. you know it's all of these sort of um, things that need to be uh, rehearsed and and you can find the nuances in them to be like wow I just really pulled off that magic mm-hmm. so those are those are some of the things that it's always the thing you know what I mean if it's if it's you know you, even something small like oh you have to catch the apple in the show somebody throws you an apple <laughs> yeah. you have to, that's that's the thing sure. that keeps me up at night it's not, <laughs> yeah like throw, throwing a pot you know things like that in the show those are the things that 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 keep me up at night you know not the uh, not the lines not the lyrics not the um you know the acting all of that sort of stuff you know we've rehearsed you know but it's all those little, those little things. Um, Sweat the little things. You know. Sweat the little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. It's those. But I mean, but, you know, more to Will's point, the, the, I think the most rewarding moment is, is just, you know, the, the fans are so amazing on, mm-hmm. on every show. I've, I'm, I've just been so fortunate to be on shows that just have these incredible fans. And the best compliment you can get is when they're like, they don't even know. That you were the mm-hmm. understand, you know what I mean? They'll they'll call you by the the person who played. You know, I've been you know at the stage. Where, oh, David, David, you know, and I'll be like, oh, you know what? I'm actually he's he's out today. I'm you know I'm Sean. Nice to meet. You. They're like, wait, what? You know, and they're like, how many times? How many times have you been on? And sometimes when you haven't been on that much, that's just even a better feeling. Yeah. Like, oh my God, you've only done this twice. Yeah. You know, and and it, and it's cool. Like uh, Will said this the other day. Uh, you know, was out and saw some fans, um, uh, just a family that had seen the show earlier. And to you. To them, you were the guy. You yeah. were the guy. Yeah. So uh, that, that doesn't change. You know, they came, they saw Beetlejuice, it was you. You were their experience. And that's such a cool feeling to, you know, that that group of, you know, 1,300 audience members left. And for, for them, that you were that role. Yeah. yeah. So that's, a, I mean, just feels great, you know, and it, and it feels good to, to get that kind of feedback at the stage door. For sure. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And with that, it's time for Merch Madness. Now, this week's Merch Madness is not an official heat, but it's to determine the third place winner of this month's Merch Madness. Now, in this heat, we have the color changing mug, which is a fan favorite. And we also have the Greetings from the Netherworld baseball tee. Now, we all know how much I love a t-shirt, and I do love the design of the Netherworld tee. However, it's really hard to beat this color-changing mug. The stripes, and it's just the utility alone. I use the mug multiple times in a week, whereas I, I can't wear the shirt multiple times in a week. So I do have to say that... You know, some people thought the mug was going to go all the way. It didn't quite make it there, but it is going to take third place in Beetlejuice edition of Merch Madness. So there you have it. The mug takes third, folks. And next week we have our final matchup. So stay tuned and we look forward to hearing who you think is going to win on our social media. And now one last thing. We have a quick little game for everyone. So this is rapid fire. Oh God! Oh, God. I'm trying something new. So fire. we're gonna so oh, intermits between questions. We're gonna have the game, uh, that beautiful sound. So um, we're gonna test and see. So you have to guess what the sound is. Okay, it's my little phone. <laughs> SMR. So, I love it. So oh, listen, God. here's the first one, and I want a lot of imagery. We'll see how this goes. Oh, crunching, apple crunching into a chip. Oh, chips. chips. I want to go with eating cucumber. Chips. Eating. Close. Pickles. Eat. Pickles. We have pickles. Oh, wow. right. Okay, so that, that, was, that was me eating um, a kosher pickle. Okay. Oh, it was you. <laughs> so yeah, I made them all myself. Okay. No, uh, least favorite Halloween candy. Shout it out. Candy corn. Uh, oh, candy corn. Easily. Those peanut butter nugget oh, things. God. I'm uh, playing, but I'm This one's for Abe. Whoppers. Whoppers. Oh, hey, Whoppers. Oh. Whoppers are terrible too. Oh, Abe screw, loves screw Whoppers, those, and he those, sucks. Those zombie Skittles. What no, those are great. What? I love no. that game. No, I love no. that game. It, it tastes disgusting. like death, but it's they funny. Ooh, right. okay. It's funny. Shouldn't it's exist. Next Shouldn't one, exist. Next one, that sound. Are you ready? Oh. oh. Sipping a cola through a straw. Drinking ramen. A re- really refreshing soda. Really refreshing. It wasn't Sprite. soda. Seltzer. Seltzer. White Claw. White Claw. White Claw. <laughs> Brought to it you should by. be White Claw. <laughs> <laughs> but Beer? That, that was my morning coffee. Oh. Okay. Oh. So very loud coffee. Very loud coffee. Yeah, no, I was like, it, it didn't hot. sound that Okay, thing. okay, okay. Okay, who would survive the zombie apocalypse out of the swing team? Brooke. Brooke. Really? Yes, yes, you have the chart book. You, guys. Hey. you have yes. the book. Oh, well, I think we might, if we work together, I think we'd all survive. How about that? Yeah, thank you. Because go. listen, Sean is very, very good when it comes to details, and he can talk well, anybody true. into anything. So <laughs> yes. if I had to choose somebody, I would I would go with, with Sean. Oh. You know? No offense. No, but I really think I follow I think, I think the swing team could survive I, the apocalypse. I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm For just sure. saying. Yeah, I'm an Eagle I Scout. Think, I would. I could. Get us out of, you know, I I can... I'll make sure everyone laughs laughs while we're getting through it. Yes, Natalie, laughter is so important. Next step, next step, next step. For your contribution. Ready? Sprinkling. Christmas in a bag? It's in a bag, but a bag of what? Chips, chips. We Um, love chips. We love chips at our show. Candy? Candy, yes, that was it exactly. Candy. Yes, you nailed that. Okay, um, best Halloween costume ever. Like that, that you've done. Oh. oh, I was Bob's big boy. Uh, oh my god, when, from Frishes? Yeah, yeah oh, like solid, that. solid. Love that Frishes. Um, <laughs> it was really good. I've, I've, done, I've done a dead celebrity party for Halloween. I think it was Halloween, and I was Natalie Wood freshly pushed off the boat with a footprint on my ass. <gasps> oh my god. If you guys don't know the split Natalie Wood story, you need to Google it. I was also named after Natalie Wood, so that's why Work. I liked oh. it. But she was, she was pushed RIP. off the boat. OMG. Christopher Walken, I'm looking at you. All right. I had a hard. I was Shirley Temple for like two Halloweens. Solid. So cute. Yeah. So cute. Sean. Did you perform? Did you perform in the Obviously. costume? Oh, okay, good. It, it got me more candy. So. Yeah. Uh, Sean. <laughs> There's a childhood <laughs> photo of me as Quasimodo. It's very bizarre. No! <laughs> yes. You look just like Quasimodo. <laughs> okay, last one. This one's last very ASMR. specific. Okay. Patty Lapone. 
No, it's uh, yeah, it Elena. Is. It's, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's Patty. Patty. From what? Avina. 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 Yeah, die. <laughs> That's the last one. And, That's and, fun. And Pretty with that, thank you all so much for being thank on you. the It's over having us. I know. So An hour sounded like it was going to be so long. I know. <laughs> we could keep we going. We like to make it fun. Yeah. Uh, real quick, where can people find you on social media if they'd like to follow your adventures? Go down the line. Uh, on Instagram, at... Will Blum. I'm, uh, I have a Twitter handle, but I'm not. Don't tweet me. Don't tweet me. Go on. On Instagram, Brooke that. B-R-O-O-K-E-T-H-A-T. Yes. yes. Um, on Instagram, it's at Natsy Charlay, not Nasty Charlay. <laughs> For years. Oh. For years, I thought it was nasty. I, I know. Years. Everyone keeps looking at Nasty Charlay, and it's <laughs> not. It's Natsy Charles. it was funny. Okay. Uh, and mine is uh, Instagram, Sean D. Montgomery. S-E-A-N. Sean D. Montgomery. Yes. Show you can find the podcast at Equity One Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook and at Equity One underscore on Twitter. Send us an email at equityonepodcast at gmail.com. And leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and fi- check us out on the Broadway Podcast Network. Woo-hoo. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Caleb, where can people find you? Caleb Dickey on everything. And Elliot, how about you? I'm at Elliot Maddox on everything. And until next time, no cheers! Toss that body Gosh, it's awful, ain't it tragic? Blah, blah, Bible, Jesus, magic. When you're dead, who gives a shit? No Pilates, no more yoga. Namaste, you freaking posers. From the cradle to cremation, death just needs a little conversation. I have mastered the art of tearing convention apart. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.